This is The Extra Mile. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Extra Mile. I'm Justin Duncan. I'm always here with my co-host and friend, The G5. Hey, George, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad you're uh, listening to us. Remember to do all the things. Helps with the algorithms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, hit the like button, tell people about it. That's really the best thing you can do is tell people about it. So if you're listening, give it five stars if you like what you hear and follow. And if you're not listening, start listening. (laughs) It's very important. All right. Pour that coffee, man. Let's pour it. Uh, And I got my chocolate bar, my protein bar, really, but I I love it. The protein bar. Yep. Well, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you're preaching this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I signed up for that. So you did it to yourself is what you're saying. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It's a sign of growth, right? It's a sign of... I don't know. I, I was called to do it. Uh, and I enjoy preaching, and it's fun to come up with lessons. But, um, yeah, I think the concept I've come up with is I had several ideas. I've really been inspired by, I mean, our conversations to have the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount and to work with what Jesus is talking. Mm-hmm. And honestly, George, I'm, I'm doing so much uh, meditation about that. It really is life-changing when you think about what Jesus is preaching and teaching us because it is God telling us to do these things and that's important to listen to. And so it's wonderful to, in that what we're talking about is Matthew five and yeah. And I know that that's sort of the, I mean, uh, maybe for people who preach more often, Matthew five, they sort of, uh, Matthew five, we're tired of that. That's sort of entry level. We have, I mean, no, I don't think so. I mean, Matthew five is, is awesome. It's Jesus sermon. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just wonderful because what I'm going to talk about on Sunday is the, uh, the recipe of the saint. And I was sort of inspired by these cooking shows that you see all the time on YouTube or Reddit or whatever. Yeah. I love the great British baking show, man. Well, okay. There you go. So so good. I, I used to watch that. Um, and I, it's so wonderful to see people, um, I guess, well, I, I don't necessarily enjoy uh, those type of shows where they're under stress and everybody's around them competing with them and they're all trying to be creative. To me, that does not speak ease. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and enjoyment. Um, but whatever, to each their own. But when it comes to the concept of baking and cooking, I have a recipe for oatmeal, raisin, cranberry, pecan cookies. And um, I also made sort of the observation, isn't interesting how we all have a world famous and nobody knows that um, because I only make it for my friends. But I have a really good recipe that's good. And uh, every time I make it. For what again? Oatmeal? For those cookies. It's oatmeal, raisin, cranberry, and pecan cookies. And you haven't you didn't bring them is what you're telling me. Uh, yeah, I'll do it next time. Okay, good. Um, well, if I can remember. But, yeah, they're they're quite good. And I think I got the recipe off of Pinterest years and years and years ago and have tweaked it whenever you would learn a new trick or what have you. Mm-hmm. So the secret ingredient is you brown the butter. So that's the secret. 
and the recipe itself is quite good. And I was I was considering, okay, when you take all of these individual ingredients, you take flour and you mix it with baking soda and there's a chemistry there. You mix it with sugar and then you put in the eggs. But if you put in too many eggs, it turns into this. If you only put this, it turns into this. And, and so I was probably going to throw up a, a comparison of, well, this is what happens whenever you add too many eggs and you can see the result of baking if you change the recipe. And so changing the recipe is uh, not really recommended and people try it though. And so you can see that every time the ingredients change, that the recipe, the, the outcome is going to differ. And so when you follow the recipe, you get the cookies, right? But you can also take in can other wisdom, like the recipe didn't talk about browning the butter. That was just somebody, somebody suggested that to me. Oh, you should brown the butter. It'll make it a little more smoky, a little more flavorful. Okay, try it. And it, it was better. And so now I've tweaked it to where that's my, that's my take on those cookies. So they've really become my cookies uh, that I make. And so with that idea, um, if you take all the individual ingredients as themselves, once they combine into the dough, they can't go back. Mm. They can't go back to individual. You can't, I don't know if you can, but my assumption is interesting point. You you, can't extract. Yeah. You can't take the butter out of the flour anymore. Right. Once you've, once you've mixed them all together and you've made a dough, you can't go back. You can only go forward. And then, uh, so that was a point I was going to talk about. And then finally, what everybody doesn't really want to talk about is you have to, you have to bake the cookies. And so there's a direct parallel to the Christian life and what Jesus talks about on the Sermon on the Mount. So that's the recipe of the saint. You talk about, you talk about all the individual ingredients. You have to start acting nice to everyone, not just your friends, not just your family, not just the people of your skin color, everybody, because they're your brother. And that's what Mm -hmm. Jesus is talking about. And then you have to put away the old. You have to repent. You have to put on righteousness. And so all of these individual ingredients, I'm going to talk about, uh, Lord willing, that you, you combine them into the matter of yourself as a Christian, but only at that time are you the dough. And then the uncomfortable thing is we're put in the fire. We are oh, baked. I see. That's a good point, man. This is great. Yes, it is. Thank you. I'm kidding. Thank you. That's very kind. But I, I that's inspiring to me to say we're all put in the fire and we're tested. But the Bible looks at that as look at your testing with rejoicing mm-hmm. because that testing will produce endurance. And out of that flame, out of that crucible, out of the testing of, hey, you are going to be placed in a position where you are going to be forced to make a choice. It is going to happen to everyone, to you, to me. It happened to David. It happened to Solomon. It happened to Moses. It happened to Jesus. It happened to the apostles. And when you're placed in that position, you are going to be tempted. Mm. And only with the help of God 
after you've combined all those ingredients to the dough, can you become the saint that God wants you to be? And what they, what Jesus talks about is putting on righteousness. And so you become holy, be holy for I am holy. And so with that testing, it produces endurance. And that's something that we can rejoice, but people are afraid of that. And we're not supposed to fear anything. We're not supposed to fear the devil because Jesus is with us. God is with us. Mm -hmm. And then Ephesians 6, it talks about that we're not just standing out there about to be run over by a train. We have the armor of God. And so you put on all of these things and you will be able to withstand the fiery darts of the devil. Mm. And so the testing uh, is literally just part of the recipe. And that's something to not only look forward to, but be prepared for. And so you can go back to the analogy of the cookie that if you put one too many eggs in or you didn't put baking soda or you didn't put in a flour or whatever, the outcome's not going to be what you want it to be after the firing, after the testing, after the baking. And so that's something to keep in mind. You want to be prepared for when that temptation comes. Because we, we're told about David and his great sin, right? And so David's great sin being that everything seemed to be great. He was a man after God's own heart. He had written many Psalms yeah. that we still read today. And he was the king. He had been given the kingdom. He had obeyed God. And then he was sort of relaxing on his balcony. He wasn't out in the field with the army, but he was out on his balcony relaxing and he sees a naked woman and he lusts after her. And instead of turning away, which is what he should have done, where you see, you turn away. Oop, don't look at that. Walk away. Let's look at this plant that's over here, you know, this, and put it I, out of your mind. I love that like, little story there where, there you go. Everything, he's like in a comfortable place where David is. And I feel like, if you know what VidAngel is or ClearPlay? Mm-mm. Oh my goodness, man. Okay, it's where... Um, it's this program that filters out all the bad stuff in the TV. You know, you can pick what you want, whether mm. it be nudity or vulgar language or violence or whatever, and you can go ahead and pick. And oftentimes when people do that, and they filter it out. And there's a lot of shows where, well, if you filter too much, then it cancels out a lot of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you applied VidAngel or ClearPlay to that story. To the story, Bible. To, to the Bible. <laughs> Especially that story, too. I mean, you just think about it. David, first the camera's just panning over, you know, Jerusalem. And it gets to the palace. I'm picturing this as a movie. It's a nice sunny day. And he just wakes up, you know, pours a couple jo- you know, a cup of joe and walks out in his balcony. He kind of brushes his fingers through his hair and takes a sip. And it's like, oh, I'm comfortable. Things are good. And then VidAngel shuts off the movie. <laughs> Because not only does he sleep with her, and then he murders someone. <laughs> it just goes, it goes to yeah, it goes south pretty fast. That's a uh, that's an amazing point. I love that. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. Like David had accomplished so much, yeah, so much, and and but that's the point. The point is, is that it will come. Yeah, but then what? Like I love counterfactuals. What could David have done? What could David have done in that moment of temptation? 
slept with his other 500 wives. I don't know. Well, there's, there's that. Um, but he, I mean, yeah, d- definitely just sort of turning away. I to cut that part out, but no, it's fine. Uh, I mean, but you're right. I mean, that's, there, there is a, there's something about temptation that makes sin so appealing. So you, you got your mindset, you know, on the physical at that moment. Yeah, exactly. You know? And he's already at the top of his game. That's understandable because we're physical beings. Right. Like we are in the world, but we're called to be. And you could pretty much have whatever you want. And you just woke up, you know, I don't know if you just woke up, but he's, he's at the top of his game. And, and I'm just saying you can get in that headspace easily where you forget about the spiritual things and you see something that you want, but you can't have. And you, you know, you exploit and then. And then sin takes him, and there's that fire, right? And it's the calm before the storm, as you were saying, where, you know, you're that doe sitting there, and it's all cushy before you get in there, and and that flames up, and the goal is you come out, I don't I like my cookies, like, a little soft, like, (laughs) like warm dough, but, Mm -hmm. you know, in this analogy, hopefully you're, you know, rock hard, but I don't know. Well, that's, I think, you know, chemically, you know, when you're, when you're talking about baking, it's about whatever ingredients you put in there. But that was at least the, the parallelism that I wanted for the, the lesson, the recipe of the saint. And, and then what are those ingredients? And I think that takes personal study. I mean, we can go to, we can go to church and listen all we want. And, um, and only with living and consideration of other people and consideration of what Jesus says you know, Matthew 5, what we were talking about with uh, David and Bathsheba, 2 Samuel 11. Um, but Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount 5, 6, and 7, it's an amazing story because it, it was right, at least the narrative is that it was right at the beginning of our lesson, uh, of our knowledge of Jesus and his teaching, rather, not the lesson. And so knowledge of Jesus' teaching, and he comes out with this sort of nuclear option of the world where he basically just unravels everybody's entire livelihood and it has such an impact because there you are at the end of Matthew 7 and it's basically saying that everybody was in awe because he was speaking with authority I think so and and that that authority has always been there I think that's important to know it's not that many of them didn't know this is that he took the obvious and made it more obvious if you will and that changed the whole game and almost made it appealing, which is a good thing because it should be appealing to us. And that kept him from acting like being viewed as a crazy person, mm-hmm. because what he's saying is actually to love people. You can't tell, <laughs> can't say someone's crazy when that's what they're saying. Um, but at the same time, you know that's right. But when someone slaps you, you really want to just punch him right in the face. That's right. Um, and so he's he's speaking on that friction. That's caused by this human nature, this sin that's pushing against us. But we know the right path, and he's only expounding on, well, the kingdom of heaven that's to come and, and what we need to do. And so I, th- I think I think that makes him all the more um, just understandable that this is God that we're looking at. What's your passages? We, we can look at some of those scriptures that were... Matthew we're 5, 23. Matthew 5, 23 is where you start. And your first point is, right, getting the ingredients, right, making the dough, or what? Oh, I, it's it's not that far along. You're giving me too much credit. I typically do these things about, like, Saturday at, 
eleven thirty at night, and then oh, well, here we go. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna complete it right here on this podcast. That's fair. I'll make notes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Matthew five uh, twenty three. So then, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and present your gift. <laughs> and reach and agreement quickly, right, with your accuser. Yeah, it's um, when when you have something against your brother. The mm-hmm. the concept of personal relationships, Matthew five, starting at twenty one, and there there's something about. There's definitely an element in this ingredient list about your relationship with other people. And when Sam was here talking about how he learned something from Daniel Faro to say he had he had very solid relationships with people who were not of the faith, so much so that it was an influence of, hey, we have Americans coming over here talking about this stuff. Come and listen. And they actually came and that's something to a, a takeaway lesson for all of us. Yeah, I was real. very inspired by that to say, "Wow, I mean, Jesus sitting and eating with the Philistines, and they reconciled and thought through some of this stuff yeah. too." You know, they they asked questions and they were engaging with the material, and um, I thought that was a really good point as well. But in this verse here, in verse twenty-three, the brother here kind of he takes a step too far, right? He he kind of he he goes further than he should. And he, oh, he's like, oh, right, I have something against my brother. And the whole point is, well, that relationship needs to be mended before your relationship with God, you know, because... That's the entire point. Okay. That yeah. you, you're there giving an offering at the altar. Yeah. You're there to worship God. You're there to obey the commandments of God. And if you remember at that moment, which implies that memory will strike you while you're worshiping God, God understands that our minds are constantly working which if you're ever sitting in the worship service and your mind wanders off to something else, I mean, I, I think God understands that. Well, I mean, that's what it should be doing, right? Is it thinking about and you're thinking about and meditating on your life and what you've done throughout the week and what you can do moving forward. I think that's a really important point. I mean, you know the famous phrase, you know, like a sinner in church. You can't be sweating like a sinner in church. The idea is, you know, you're thinking about, I would I would love to meet the person who made it an entire week without sinning. I'm sure that it's possible. I mean, it's obviously the goal. I have that talk with I had that talk with my wife once, where or multiple times actually, where um, you know, there's some people of our brethren who believe in Jesus uh, who might not believe the same things that we do when it comes to looking at the Bible, biblical authority, etc. But when we when we talk about them, we we hope that they would. Uh, be reasoned with and and speak spoken to like we want to be spoken to, which is this entire point. We're supposed right. to love our our fellow men, and then to say that um, the idea that I get from the New Testament when I read it is that it is possible to obtain a a place in your life where you are actively not sinning, and so. When we get to, when we get to the point where we're completely righteous and we've put on the armor of God, and we've got Christ in our heart, and we've matured, as Paul talks about these concepts of maturing past needing just the sincere milk of the word, like you can have adult food, and you can talk about righteousness and love, and mm-hmm. you can put put that on in your behavior, that you can actually go extended periods of time without sinning. 
and the idea is that you would go the rest of your life. And a lot of people would disagree with that statement. They said, no, we constantly live in sin, which is why we need Jesus and his grace, which uh, may be true. But at least with my considerations, when it comes to the recipe of the saints, I think that it's possible with your testing to then become something new, something that's not just the individual ingredients. And so that's the inspiration for my lesson next Sunday. Hmm. I think that's really good. What's your next passage? Well, I think it's time to wrap up. Are this, you serious? This mini episode, yeah. Wes? Yeah, sorry, Wes. Oh, my. I'm looking at the camera, Wes. Yeah, we're all mad at Wes. <laughs> Wes is awesome. It's fine. I think, I think it's an interesting critique. We're going to try it, 20 minutes episode. That's fine. We get the conversation going, and maybe we just get to the point where we're like, you know what? We're going to do a four-and-a-half-hour episode, and we'll just break it up. Yeah. We'll see it. Maybe so. It's, That's still a good point to leave people on, right? Mend your relationships before you try to have a false, fake relationship with God. That's definitely one of the ingredients. Definitely yeah. one of the ingredients is you have to have you have to have peace between your brothers mm-hmm. before you're able to fully worship God. Oh, I thought I turned it off. I didn't want the chime on there. That's fine. It helps everyone. Well, the point was good. And the point is, is that be nice to each other and love each other. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 that for that, that's the hinging of the whole law and the prophets. I mean, the entire Old Testament is about loving your fellow man and loving God. And so that's actually the hinging point of the New Testament as well, is that we have to love our fellow man and love God. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Well, with that, go so.